Welcome to the 19th episode of Sound the Foghorn. As always, I am your host, Mark DeLuke. Today, I am not joined by a guest. I'm doing this one solo, but we got plenty of fantastic Giants storylines to talk about as we get into our third week of spring training games. And I want to kick this off by talking about the younger players, the prospects. You know, we're just a couple weeks removed, or actually one week removed from, of course, my uh, SF Giants prospect week. Um, again, if you have not checked out, I really do highly recommend it. I put a lot of work into it. We have the top 31 uh, prospects in the Giants system with really in-depth scouting reports and bios on every one. But on top of that, I've also ranked 15 players who are outside the top 31 who are most likely and best prepped to have breakout years this season. I look at recent draft trends. I identify some potential draft targets this year in the first round for the Giants. I look at some of the changes under Farhan Zaidi. I, I, I rank the deepest um, positions in the farm system. If you follow me on Twitter at Mad Deluki, that's M-A-D-D-E-L-U-C-C-H-I. I've actually compiled everything into a PDF. It's in my pinned tweet. So if you go to my profile at the top of the page, you should be able to access a PDF that you can download. And it's 50 pages of all these articles and rankings. And I, I hope it can be a useful guide to go back to throughout the year. But if you'd rather not have the whole PDF and just want to read it once or twice, then just go on over to the website, go on over to the prospect side of things, and you should be able to find it. But the prospects early on have been the stars of spring training. You know, last year, the star in the NBA was Darren Ruff, returning stateside after a stint in the KBO. Ruff came back, tore up spring training, ends up making the roster, and of course, becoming a key, key contributor to the Giants' success last season. This year, though, of the minor league free agents, the guys on the fringes of the roster, there really haven't been that level of exceptional performance yet. Arismendi Alcantara was someone I identified as a player who I thought could offer some positional versatility, back up at shortstop, a little center field. He just hasn't hit to the levels I expect him to in spring training. And while he's only struck out four times in about 20 plate appearances he's you know putting the ball in play consistently he's walked as much as he strike out he's he's just yet to hit um an extra base hit only has two singles he's gonna have to turn around really quickly for things to change now jason Cruzan uh is not as versatile defensively as alcantara he's more limited to the outfield corners and second base and third base at first but he is you know he does have an 880 ops but you know so he might be someone to watch but the real stars have been a lot of the guys who, frankly, fans already have higher expectations for. You know, Elliot Ramos had a two-home run game last week. Of course, you know, that, frankly, hasn't been his only highlight noteworthy performance this spring. In nine games played, he's gotten a, a lion's share of the playing time. He's got about 22 plate appearances. He already has three home runs. He has a double. He's hitting 429 with a 455 on base and a 905 slugging. Obviously, it's a small sample. Ramos, I do not believe, I don't think anyone thinks is playing his way into the opening day conversation, but it's still an impressive sign from a young player who not 
too re- not too long ago, remember, there were concerns about his adjustment to upper minor league competition after he took a step back at AA and really struggled at the Arizona Fall League in 2019. We've been wondering how prospects would return after, la- after missing a minor league season in 2020. Well, we might have our answer with Ramos, and it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Now, Joey Bart, who, of course, we saw up close and personally, if you watched a lot of Giants baseball last season, and he had his struggles. He hasn't played quite as much as Ramos. The Giants are obviously being conservative with the amount of playing time they're giving each catcher. So he's only had about 15 plate appearances across seven games, but he's hitting 462. He has a 1300 OPS. He only has one extra base hit. It's a home run, but he's got a ton of singles. And perhaps most impressively from Giants fans who saw him strike out a lot last season, he's struck out just 20% of his plate appearances thus far in spring training, just three strikeouts in 15 plate appearances. So really good signs from some of the most impressive, the most exciting young players in the system. Now, on the flip side, there have been not every big-name prospect has excelled. Uh, A couple in particular have really struggled mightily, and that's Marco Luciano, of course, the exciting Dominican shortstop who is the number one prospect in the Giants system by our prospect rankings, tore up the Arizona Rookie League in 2019, made a debut at Salem-Kaiser before last season, made a lot of headlines by his impressive work at the alternate site and in Instructs, but he's showing his age. He's still a teenager. He's still far removed from being a big league contributor, and you're seeing why this this spring. In about four, 15 plate appearances, he struck out 11 times. He has just one hit, and it was an infield chopper to third. He has an OPS, not on base, not slugging, an OPS of just 205. And you're seeing one of the reasons why every 19-year-old phenom is not Juan Soto. Every phenom is not Fernando Tatis Jr., One of the bigger critiques of Luciano at this point in career, his career has been he's such an incredible hitter with a great swing that in the lower minor leagues, he was able to get away with swinging at pitcher's pitches. He could swing at that fastball low and outside and still push it down the line for a double or a single. And now as he's getting challenged with a lot of upper minor leagues or big league talent against him, he's now paying the price for that approach. And again, this isn't a huge warning sign. This is spring training for a teenager. It's 15 plate appearances. The key will be how he adapts. Almost every player, in fact, every player, right, who becomes a successful big leaguer has points where they struggle, has points where they need to make changes and make adjustments, and we're seeing how Luciano's going to have to make them. Now, one that might be a bit more concerning, but again, it's a small sample. It's spring training. These are prospects. Is Will Wilson, of course, the Angels' first-round pick in 2019. The Giants acquired him via trade the following offseason. They took on Zach Cozart's contract, sent back Garrett Williams. He was considered someone who was a rel- going to be a relatively quick mover through the minor leagues. The Giants thought he could hit for some more power if he elevated a bit more, got some more consistent lift in his swing. But this spring, he has struck out in nearly half of his plate appearances. He has begun making some hard contact, and he he hit an extra base hit the other day. He hit a fly ball 430 feet today, but was caught by an incredible play in the outfield, so that took a hit away from him. But still, the strikeouts are a bit of a concern, coming from a guy who was discussed as a quick-moving Hitter, again, Wilson, even if he isn't as quick moving, still could be an above average everyday player. But, you know, again, something to watch on the prospect side. On the big league side of the offensive equation, though, it's been a lot of the same proven guys 
having success. Austin Slater has missed some time uh, dealing with a tight hamstring. He's been slow. He's only playing a few games this spring. Today, he gets back in the starting lineup after missing time, hits a home run, picks up right out where he left off. Wilmer Flores, Donovan Solano, two players who frankly seem a bit redundant, right-handed hitters, probably limited to second base. Flores can play a bit of first base. But both of them are playing like they deserve a spot on the Giants roster. They're both, they're both have OPS well north of 1,000. Flores has a couple homers. Solano has a homer and a double. Neither, uh, I think Solano hasn't struck out at all. And, you know, again, we could get in some interesting scenarios where maybe the Giants consider moving one of them. But some other news that came out today makes it easier to see both Flores, Solano, even a player like Darren Ruff, and maybe even young Jason Vossler all making the opening day roster. And that is the questionable status of Brandon Belt. Belt, of course, had an exceptional resurgence season in 2020, uh, got an MVP vote, was a finalist for the Gold Glove at first base, hit over 300, the best offensive year of his career. Last offseason, though, he undergoes heel surgery, and he were questions about whether he'd be back in time for spring training. Then the timeline started looking up. It looked like he should easily be back, but he still has yet to make a debut. The Giants said he's been recovering from an undisclosed illness. It turns out from a report today that this offseason, Belt suffered COVID-19 in January, and then on the heels of recovering from COVID-19, he was diagnosed with mononucleosis. And if, you ever, if you've never had mono, good for you. If you have had mono, especially as an adult, especially as an adult, it can be a draining illness. And, you know, people lose 10 to 20 pounds sometimes. It makes you lethargic and, and all these things that, you know, it seems like, again, that they haven't gotten into super detail, but that belt... Uh, did not have a mild case of mono, and so he is now trying to work back into game shape and to get back his strength. And even if he is able to play in spring training, it does not seem out of the question that the Giants are going to try to start him on the injured list at some point this season, maybe let him, you know, even though minor league baseball will be a bit delayed, he could essentially rehab with the minor league AAA spring training that would probably start soon after. And that would also ease some of the stress on the current roster crunch around first base. As I mentioned, Wilmer Flores is in that mix. He was a right-handed kind of platoon with Belt before he locked down the DH spot that, of course, will not be in the National League this season. That is why Jason Vossler, who is a top minor league free agent the Giants targeted, they gave him a big league contract this offseason, has performed really well in the upper minor leagues for both the Cubs and the Padres. The left-handed hitter, though, was probably limited to third base, second base, and first base. And, you know, without an obvious, if Belt and Flores and Solano are there, how is Vossler going to fit on a roster? Well, if Belt starts the year on the injured list, Vossler, a left-handed hitter, it makes a lot of sense for the Giants to make that work, especially with the way Vossler is hitting thus far in spring training. He's cooled off a bit, but he also has the most played appearances of any guy on the Giants this spring. It's clear they are making a concerted effort to try to see as much of Vossler as they can before they have to make a decision as to whether to option him to the minor leagues or give him a chance on opening day. He's hitting 357. He's got uh, a triple, three doubles. Actually, he's yet to hit a home run, but he's shown off some good power, some strong at-bats. The strikeouts have been a bit high. He's got eight in about 30 plate appearances. That is something to watch, and we know the Giants have been averse to players who strike out and don't walk. He struck out eight times, walked just once, but over his minor league career, those numbers have been far more even, and the way he's hitting 
that would suggest those things will trend in the right direction. Now, Darren Ruff is the interesting one. Because while Vossler, as a left-handed hitter, you can easily see slotting into Belt's role and platooning with Wilmer Flores at first base or something to that effect, Ruff is a right-handed hitter who hits well against lefties, like Flores, but cannot play second base, like Flores. He's played a bit of left field, which Flores hasn't, but Ruff by no means has been good in the outfield. And you wonder if he ends up being the odd man out that the Giants, maybe they don't trade maybe they don't release him but maybe they trade him for cash or a lower level minor leaguer as opening day approaches and again we've seen Zaidi make a lot of moves in the last days of spring training and there's still plenty of time for things to pan out rough isn't doing terribly this spring, but he is by no means replicating his elite success last season. He struck out in a third of his spring training plate appearances. That's nine strikeouts and 27 trips to the plate. He's hitting just 217, slugging 391. It's not, again, you know, in in abysmal spring training by any stretch of the imagination, but with players like Flores and Vossler hitting so well and with an obvious conundrum as to who's going to fit on the roster it, you have to, you start wondering whether Ruff is going to have to excel these next couple weeks to still stick on opening day and of course the one person I haven't mentioned who's capable of playing second base capable of playing first base capable of playing third base is another left-handed hitter is Tommy Lastella who you know you would expect currently to platoon with Donovan Solano at second base and then if belts on the IL you know you have Flores and Vossler platoon at first base, but again, that still doesn't leave a clear path for Darren Ruff. That is one spot early in spring training that, again, we've talked about a lot this offseason with a number of my guests is what are the Giants going to do with these glut of corner bats, right? And again, that was Brandon Bell and Wilmer Flores and Darren Ruff and Donovan Solano, even though Solano's not really a corner bat, given he can only really play second base after what we saw last year at short and third. If he's only a second baseman, again, when the Giants have players like Flores, when they now have players like Lastella and Vossler, it becomes difficult to see all these pieces fitting, especially if Austin Slater, Alex Dickerson, Mike Yastrzemski are all healthy, because you figure those three players lock up the corner outfield position. You figure Mauricio Dubon is in center field as your everyday guy. That's four outfielders. The Giants probably want a fifth outfielder who's a backup. And that's another interesting competition where, you know, heading into the year, it seemed like the favorites were going to be Jalen Davis and recently acquired Lamont Wade Jr. with someone like Steven Duggar on the outside looking in. But that has been another interesting happening over the course of spring training. Jalen Davis has struggled mightily. And again, we're talking about small samples. Again, we're reading into a lot of limited opportunities. But in 11 at-bats, Davis has not walked. Davis has not generated an extra base hit. And he has struck out seven times. He's hitting 182 with a 364 OPS. I still remain high on Davis. Davis ranked among the Giants' top 31 prospects. But the Giants' front office has clearly been far more patient with players who put the ball in play and, at the very least, those who walk. And that's something Davis hasn't been doing this spring. And again, if he was the only option, it might be different. But Lamont Wade Jr. is cut into camp. He hasn't torn the cover off the ball by any means. But he's hitting 290. 
He's walked a couple of times. He's got a 400 slugging. He has a single home run. He has a couple walks. And over his history, even in a small big league sample, he's walked at a strong clip. He hasn't struck out at a strong clip. But the wild card that no one saw coming, or not no one, but a few saw coming, is Steven Duggar, who just a couple years ago was one of the Giants' more exciting outfield prospects, looked on the cusp of being the everyday center fielder, then struggled in a big league debut, gets hurt as he seems to be turning things around, and hasn't really recovered since. This offseason, though, Duggar has been working on a swing shift to help elevate the ball more, tap into more power. He already has two home runs this spring. He's hitting 333. He's also walked six times in just 20 trips to the plate. But, and this is the one caveat, and this is why I say it'll be interesting to see how this outfield scenario shakes out, is that while Duggar is hitting incredibly well, incredibly productive, He's walking at an impressive rate. He's got a couple steals. He is easily, by far, the best defensive outfielder the Giants currently have in camp. And that's of the major leaguers, that's of the minor leaguers. Duggar is the best defensive center fielder. But, as good as he's hitting, and he's hitting 333, his on-base percentage is over 500, his slugging is over 700. He has struck out in nearly 40% of his plate appearances. And of course, again, these caveats, it's always going to be there with spring training. It's spring training. It's a shortened sample. But is Duger's impressive offensive showing going to be enough for the Giants front office to look past those concerning strikeout numbers, especially with someone like Lamont Wade Jr., who the front office just heavily invested in? They just traded Sean Anderson who is a decent part player, a death option for the Giants' bullpen to acquire. We'll have to wait and see. And again, the next few weeks of spring training will bear this out. If Duggar, I don't think Duggar really has room to slump. He's going to have to continue hitting at an exceptional rate and probably still continue to curb those strikeouts. Lamont Way, on the other hand, I think he could maintain this. If he has a surge, I think we'll see things moving in his direction. That's pretty much where we're at on the hitting side of the equation. We'll obviously got plenty of weeks of spring training left. We'll be talking about some more and diving into more of this. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about the Giants pitchers so far this spring training. So as someone who's been quite critical of Farhan Zaidi and the Giants front office and how they've approached how they approached the pitching staff this offseason. Thus far this spring, I have been pleasantly surprised by a number of the players the Giants brought in and also, perhaps more importantly, the players who are returning. Johnny Cueto, someone who I thought last year was well-positioned for a bounce back and just never quite put it together. Part of it was, and I think if you look back, you can say it almost felt like a Gabe Kapler had the inverse of the Midas touch or perhaps the true message of the original Midas touch with Cueto. It seemed like when he w- would take Cueto out early, it was probably too soon. When he'd leave Cueto in longer, it was probably too late. It just felt like he overcorrected, and that hurt Cueto's overall numbers and performance. But thus far in the spring, he's made a couple appearances. He's made he's completed five innings. He struck out six batters, walked none, and allowed just two earned runs. But more importantly, he's showing the velocity he showed last year in the low 90s already. So you know if he can gain any more of that, that would obviously be a huge positive sign. But he also just appears to have a good feel and looks comfortable on the mound in a way 
he hasn't. Now, again, it's spring training. It's two games. It's five innings. And I'm going to – I promise you that's the last time I'm going to give you that caveat because you know it's here with spring training. But if Cueto is just a solid mid-rotation arm, right, that's a pretty transformational – that's pretty transformational when you look at his Giants rotation where right now, aside from Kevin Galsman, there is no one in the Giants rotation coming off an effective 2020 season. In fact, one of the returning Giants, young Logan Webb, was someone who looked on the outside looking in of the rotation, right? The Giants are bringing back Cueto. They bring back Kevin Gaussman. They sign Anthony DiSclefani. They sign Alex Wood. They sign Aaron Sanchez. That's five starters. Logan Webb, one with a player with options remaining who struggled last season, made sense. Giants were going to, all right, we're, you're going to start at AAA. But this spring, he's come out firing. He has yet to allow a run across six innings of work. He struck out 10, walked just one. He worked this offseason on improving his feel for his changeup that you know the Giants have said. And you know, it's been his best pitch for a while, but the Giants want him to commit to it even more. They want him to rely on it even more heavily. And I tell you, Webb is someone projection systems have actually been quite high on. And if he and Cueto bounce back from 2020, or in the case of Cueto, bounce back for Webb, take another step forward, again, that really changes the calculus for the rotation because I believe in Kevin Gaussman's breakout 2020. I don't know if he has another step forward in him. Although, again, Gaussman made his spring debut this week. He hit 97 miles per hour. He hit 97 miles per hour already with his fastball, had good feel for the slider and his traditional changeup. He hasn't quite thrown the split finger yet. He usually eases that in later in the spring. But I think Gaussman, fans have reason to expect him to at least replicate his 2020 success, potentially even take a step forward. If he's able to do that, and Webb and Cueto are able to be just solid, three, four-level starters, you know, guys with, even if they have an ERA between 3-8 and 4-2, but are giving you consistently six innings of work, you know, give you uh, 160 to 170 innings over the course of the year. And again, that might be dreaming a bit, given Cueto and Webb's respective injury histories. But if they give you that, then you're left with Anthony Sclafani, Alex Wood, and Aaron Sanchez, Three players with a lot of volatility, a lot of injury history and concerns, but players who've been effective at various points. Sanchez was once an AL Cy Young finalist. Di Sclafani was one of the more consistent mid-rotation starters in baseball for the Reds prior to 2020. Alex Wood has been an effective pitcher when healthy. It's just been the issue of staying healthy. All of a sudden, you can, you can look at this rotation and see it being rather effective. The question is, does Logan Webb really have a path to the big league roster? And I think that comes back to, we're assuming everyone stays healthy, how Aaron Sanchez looks. Sanchez is the lone giant starter who has yet to pitch this spring. I mentioned Cueto's look good. I mentioned Gaussman made his debut and has looked good. I mentioned Webb has been incredibly effective. Alex Wood has pitched to mixed results but continues progressing forward towards being ready on opening day. DiSclefani in a similar vein. Sanchez, though, was a late signing. He was someone who was coming off shoulder surgery, missed all of last season because of it. Do the Giants want Sanchez to begin the season on the injured list, continuing to work with the minor league players for AAA spring training? Or are they envisioning him being the fifth starter or fourth starter, depending on how you want to order him and Wood 
for the back of the Giants rotation? That's a question that, that will have to be answered. And again, if the Giants are open to Webb in the opening day for rotation, then he has clearly pitched his way into that conversation. And that has to be the most exciting development for the Giants so far this spring. Because we've said, we, we every Giants fan, everyone following the Giants has said, we see the hitters, we see the offensive production, we see the offensive prospects. But what is this pitching staff going to look like in 2022, in 2023? How are you going to contend where there aren't any huge starting pitching prospects in the system that you see as particularly sure things? You don't see the Giants willing to fork over premium prospects for starting pitchers yet? And maybe never, we'll see. It, Logan Webb is young, under team control for some time, and was obviously once one of the better, if not the best, starting pitching prospect in the system. If he is a legitimate three or even four starter, that just gives the Giants one more piece of certainty to the biggest question mark, the biggest impediment to them becoming a legitimate contender once Again, so I'm going to wrap this up here. I know it's a short one. I kept it tight, but it's spring training. There's still plenty of time. There haven't been any, any, you know, it's still early in spring training. There's still plenty of time for performances to go in various directions. As I mentioned, Aaron Sanchez, it looks like he's going to make his pitch in a first uh, simulated game with the Giants this weekend and maybe even make his debut next week. We'll obviously know more about how the starting pitching situation is going to shake out after we see that and continue to see these starting pitchers work up to what the Giants obviously hope is the capability to work into the sixth and maybe even seventh inning by the first week of the regular season. The bullpen, you know, there's been some strong performers. There's been some weaker performers. But again, this early, small samples, I'm even more skeptical and cautious when it comes to relief pitchers than I am with starters and than I am on the position player side. So this has been another edition of Sound the Foghorn, fan side, it's official San Francisco Giants podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mark DeLuke. You can follow me on Twitter at Mad DeLuke. That is M-A-D-D-E-L-U-C-C-H-I. You can follow Around the Foghorn at Round the Foghorn, where you can stay up to date on all your favorite Giants news, rumors, and analysis. Thank you again for tuning in. And if you haven't already, make sure to leave a five-star review if you do. Make sure to include a question for me about the Giants in your comment, and I will make sure to answer it on a future podcast, either by myself or if I'm joined by a guest, I'm going to throw it at them and we'll have a discussion about it. So make sure to leave those five-star reviews as always. And until next time, have a good week and stay safe.